Sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation. I'm your host, Johnny Destructo, and you're listening to the Spoiler Alert Podcast. It's a weekly comic book discussion show, and Noel's with me, but no one else because everyone else is dead. Dad, I know. That took a turn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like waiting for a pause to be like, hey, everybody, and then it's just like, dead. <laughs> this is Noel. Oh, oh I almost spilled my beer. Here. Uh, this episode is brought to you unofficially by B- Bud Light Lime. And their partnership with Great Lakes Brewing, Commodore Perry India Paleo. Nice. Uh, oh, cheers. All right, so we got, we're going to get started straight away. This isn't one of those old Tron motherfuckers where they just meander around like goddamn morons for three and a half hours and then I have to edit it. I'm feeling some kind of way about it. We have an email. <laughs> this email is from... Oh, man, and no one's here to, to force us to do the terrible email stinger. How does it go again? Oh, I don't know. They make a bunch of noises, and then somehow it sounds like email eventually. And It's not correspondence. And all I it's hate email. It. Well, sometimes it's correspondence. I remember that one. Yeah. That one sounds better than whatever the fuck else they do. <clears throat> Christopher Goodnight wrote us in. Hey, Chrissy G. Oh, are you reading? Okay, you were leaning in. I wasn't sure if you were excited. I'm, I'm reading along with it. Well, well, hang on. Hang on. All right. So this is because it's a visual medium. Say it, say it again. Hey, Chrissy G. <laughs> As you're getting excited. Darkseid was aged up in the pages of Wonder Woman. His daughter, who was totally not Sin, a.k.a. Red Skull's daughter, but with superpowers, killed a bunch of deities, including Hercules and Zeus, and fed baby Darkseid their life energies. KG Beast was not a member of any version of the Secret Six. Fuck Justice League Jones was because you credit him with something I said. I suppose I should have said fuck you guys, but I chose to take it out on him. I didn't say I couldn't wait till the next podcast with Rob, Mark, and Noel. I said I wanted a second podcast with them. I wanted two podcasts. Nay, I demanded it. Also, I was joking. <laughs> what the fuck, Rob? You Skype in anyway. Couldn't you have just Skyped in from your business trip for Umbrella Academy Hotel Oblivion? Question mark. It was indeed Breaking Bad. Walter spotted some guys buying meth stuff and corrected him on the type of matchbooks and not to buy everything in the same place and then told them, stay out of his territory. I feel like I should be explaining each of these as they happen, (laughs) but I'm not gonna. Basically what he's doing is he's listening to the podcast and then just typing an email as he's listening with no explanation. So if you're not keeping up, I guess you're fucked. He goes on. Dead rabbit looks like the goon. That's all. Uh, like it, yeah, okay. I totally have a copy of, and then Emily was gone. I only got it because my ex's name is Emily. Marvel keeps trying to get me back with crossovers like Spider-Geddon, but not gonna happen. Venom, the movie, was dope. I missed the spider on the chest, but I get why it was missing. I wish they could have figured out a way to use it. I didn't get to see Assassination Nation. Hmm. Oh, yeah, he was going to go see that next, uh, yeah. last week. He said he was going to see it this week. Love the Wrecking Crew. They totally need to be in the movie universe. Christopher St. Saucy, good night. God, there's so many things. What do you want us to do? you want to start from the back forward, from the forward down? Well, I don't so know if I'm there's anything reading, really for I'm us to respond Wonder Woman. to. Oh, yeah, me neither. Well, okay, thank you for that um, because I didn't know that Darkseid was aged up in Wonder Woman. So that was very helpful. It's not Darkseid Baby anymore. Oh, that's right. Because I was we like, were, what happened to Darkseid Baby? God, I don't even remember that. I, he could... Sh- but So he was aged up into this uh, emo Darkseid? That's what you keep calling him, yeah. Have you I have, seen him? I, I, he looks he looks snazzy. With like ugh, a white hoodie and a bunch of like glyphs on it. Like he looks terrible. Whatever. And his chin's not cool anymore. His chin? Did he have a cool chin? Thanos had a cool chin. Did Darkseid Dark have a cool chin? Yeah, he just had like a square cut chin. With, they, like he, the, with like the, and he had like a, a the, helmet Like the weird thing. helmet plate thing that yeah. looked like a receding hairline of metal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. Best design. 
Um, so thank you so much, Christopher St. Saucy. Good night for all of that information and response. Um, Dead Rabbit looks like a, um, I don't know, maybe a goon cosplayer. I don't know, like... Dead Rabbit? Oh, the goon, just because he had a, a Jeff cap on? That's what I call that Is that hat. what they're called? A Why Jeff are they called? Cap. I don't know, man. Right on. It's, it's, it's <laughs> what everyone, you know, growing like up at the punk scene would be like, oh, you've got a Jeff cap. It's just a Jeff I, it was cap. like a newsboy cap. Oh, okay, that too. So we have one more email that we're going to read this week, and this is from the Home Dad Abroad. Hey, Tardy Boys. Can't call you that anymore, right? He's talking about the show used to be called Pop Tards. Um, and, so, then, and then yeah. you reassessed yeah. the cultural appropriateness of that. Being a human? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. it's not funny anymore. Anyway, just thought I'd write in the interest of perpetual, perpetuating the myth that I am a semi-regular emailer to the greatest podcast ever. Excepting, of course, for all the times JD has lost or ignored my correspondence. I will not be ignored! Or I will, and I won't do anything about it. <laughs> I have very little to contribute by way of rant this time, but would like to comment about how delightful it was to hear Sly back on the mic. It has been a long time. A really long time. She interjects a bright and breezy sorbet of positivity into the proceedings, which allows time for my twin reservoirs of sarcasm and rage to refill in anticipation for my next inspired diatribe directed at Bug. <laughs> As the level of vitriol in my standpipe continues to rise to a usable amount, allow me to wax upon Bendis's Superman. I find myself largely agreeing with your takes on the miniseries and the revamped monthlies and the latest iteration of the lamely backstoried and impossibly powerful Doomsday variant. It is, it is serviceable comic booking. However, Bendis is doing something truly great, albeit not executed perfectly. He shows a costume comic book character zipping around town, helping people in both big and small ways, like he's some kind of hero or something. This tiny thing has been missing from comics for what feels like an eternity. Heroes helping people. Instead, we have been privy to an endless cavalcade of colossally cosmic, beyond the boundaries of our universe and multiverse because they are constructs of much too diminutive a stature to hold any sort any story worth telling, in an effort to find a menace that feels like it can't be defeated, but naturally is trounced in the most simplistic and non-definitive way imaginable. I'm looking at you, metal, and the totality, and secret wars, and... Oh, for God's sake, just name any from after 1996. I remember when Invasion seemed ridiculously huge, and that was just about one planet. Grant Morris's Batman run felt enormous because it gradually grew from small-scale stories until it encompassed the character's entire history, and even the history of mankind, taking Bats to a logical conclusion of franchising himself to the most effective Batman possible. It eventually dovetailed into Final Crisis, making it feel even bigger. But it wasn't. Watchmen changed the history of our world, then changed that alternate world into yet another, which was huge. But it didn't feel that huge because it was still about individuals trying to fight their small, impotent battles. When we see heroes saving the day, it feels good. But when that day that they saved belongs to a regular guy, it feels great. Because it could be us they are saving. Not because life is important, but because that guy's life is important to that guy, and, by extension, to the hero. Now, he goes on for another that length, um, <laughs> uh, which I will save till next time, if I remember to read the rest of it. So yeah, thank you so much, The Home Dad Abroad. Uh, anything anything to retort? Uh, well, he's narrowing the focus specifically onto comic books, but that's just like... A narrative fiction issue like stakes only matter when you have uh recognizable and and relatable characters going through those stakes mm -hmm. so and consequences i would say yeah yeah absolutely um it, it's that's why every like giant superhero movie that's effective you've got like an entry point character mm -hmm. or seeing them help us one small family in the middle of this yeah. huge thing like it's it's like in man of steel <laughs> <laughs> that's like, <laughs> so that's an example of it done poorly. Cause, oh, because oh. it, it didn't happen at all. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> he saved nobody. Or, or oh even, no, there was that one family at the end. That's yeah, true, that he that's murdered true. for. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. like oh. After after making out with Lois Lane in a crater of of, of corpses, of dead ash, <laughs> <laughs> and knocking down buildings left and right with yeah. no yeah. no idea of yeah. uh, collateral damage. He's just like. Wait, I gotta murder this moon. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to take us on a tangent, but go ahead. 
but it, what I was really trying to say was that the Snyder movies are shit. Yeah, yeah, and, and done. <laughs> that's the podcast. Um, so, yeah, well, I mean, that's the problem with comic books these days. Jesus Christ, I can't believe that sentence just came out of my mouth. These ah! days. Um, razzm frazzm, kids. Uh, is that, you know, now that it is proven that events are moneymakers, mm -hmm. they have to keep one-upping their events, and also, for some reason, reusing their events. Um, Sequels, man. Well, not even, but, like, there, how many Secret Wars are there? Do you know what I mean? Like, there, they just keep reusing the title. There have been three, right? There was Secret War. Secret Wars 2. So this, yeah, Secret Wars, Secret Wars 2, Secret War by Brian Michael Bendis, and then, mm. which was actually a But that was, that was actually just like a whisper. Yeah. 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 And then, um. Don't tell anyone. Secret Wars, th th new, three, all new, all different Secret Wars. It was the rebooted. It's like, it's like how Halloween 2018 Ooh. has no, t like, two or three yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, they're just it's disregarding just everything. Again. Yeah. So they're really just saying Halloween 1978, Halloween 2018. So that's, that's how it. Secret Wars yeah. will be. Yeah. It'll be Secret Wars 1977. Yeah. Secret Wars 2015. <laughs> Done. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I get that. Um, and so that's sort of what we have to deal with as we're getting older, as um, keep coming back for these monthly books that are very cyclical. And at some point, you either go, I'm enjoying this cycle, I, I know how it's going to shake out, but I still enjoy it anyway, uh, or you just move on to, like, image comics. You know what? It takes a special kind of, like, person to stay with comics for as long as we have maybe yeah. not special is the word for it because i'm not saying that we're like maybe we're just more masochistic yes. because the 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 superhero comics are perpetually stuck in the second act mm -hmm. there will never be sufficient enough closure yeah and i feel like a lot of our ilk become incredibly sour into mm -hmm. the second and third decade of them reading yeah because they can't handle that pure fucking fact that there will be no sufficient mm -hmm. conclusion. Yep. There are there are multiple ways, places for you to jump off and jump on, and as long as you're okay with that, everything mm -hmm. will be okay. But if not, you're you're doomed to be that person that just will always complain about how things seem to have mattered when I was younger. But you mm -hmm. know what? There's an 11 year old now who effing loves every single event and yeah. chews them up and eats them up, and they're there. Their their infinite crisis. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind if they moved to something like a three to five year plan per universe. Mm -hmm. So you start it in the year twenty twenty, and then you've got five years of that universe's continuity, and then maybe everything ends. Maybe everything does reach a final destination, and then they restart. You just want them spaced out more. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's. In a weird, whether that was their plan or not, that's what DC's been doing for the last 10 years now, right? Yeah, I guess so. With the re well, So, New 52 was Well, awful. New 52, but then Rebirth was just sort of a broadening. I wouldn't say it was a redoing. But it... It, like, opened it back up. It's still, like, a... It's a it was an event. A jumping on an issue. Yeah, that's right? true. That's true. I mean, I hated it. Everything that they did had to be a goddamn crisis. Yeah. Um. So, there's Flashpoint that brought, what, five years worth of New 52? Uh-huh. And then rebirth Almost seven. Start, rebirth started, and yeah. it's been two years now. Has it? Oh man, it has. Yeah, because Batman's on fifty-five. Oh shit, you're right. It is. It still feels new to me. And by the time Doomsday Clock is done, and whatever the next thing is, where yeah. it's going to reshuffle the deck, mm -hmm. it'll be another two years. All new, all different DC. Yeah. yeah. All right. So thank you so much for the emails, Home Dad Abroad, and Christopher. Good night. So this is a segment we like to call. Hey, what did you do this week, huh? Mm -hmm. Hey, Noel. Did, yeah? What did you do this week, huh? Uh, I watched a couple things. Oh, why don't you tell me about them? Um, well, the first thing I watched With this was... Microphone. The... There you go. <laughs> no, no, don't do that. <laughs> you gotta blow their eardrums I, out. I have a terrible habit of moving away from the mic. I'm sorry. Um, the first thing that I watched was something that everyone should watch uh, this month. Oh. And I hadn't watched in well over a decade. Oh. Was the original Halloween. Oh my god! I know, I know. Come on! I know, I know, I know. I, I watch it like almost every year. <laughs> it's been it's been a really really long time, it's and so this year good. was. Just, I, and I remember I told you about that that YouTube channel, uh, the Found Flicks, where it recaps things. Yes. I don't remember a single fucking sequel, and I saw them all. Yeah. So, we watched the first one, mm -hmm. and knowing that now the continuity from two through six or seven or eight don't uh -huh. matter. 
I watched a recap video oh. of the entire plot of two through six. Jesus Christ. And it was 40 minutes long and it was great. I have watched all of those movies. Yeah. So instead of watching the recap, I just recapped. I just went back and I, I watched one. So, oh, no, that's not true. That's not true. I watched one and then I skipped two and three because I had seen two last year. So I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Like one is infinitely rewatchable for me. Oh, it's, it was it was so like first I completely forgot that it's three fourths a stalker movie. Oh, yeah. And the uneasiness of him being in the side of almost every other frame. Yeah. is just so gross and creepy. Yeah. It reminded me of I, before I had seen Halloween. I'm a terrible uh, latecomer horror fan. I remember seeing Scream in the movie theater yeah, yeah. and being incredibly uneasy and creeped out by the fact that, you know, the camera would pan and ghost faces in the corner, broad daylight. You mm-hmm. weren't safe at any time of the day. It doesn't yeah. matter and you could be anywhere. Yeah. And I didn't realize that that's exactly what this movie did mm-hmm. in spades. I was well, like, oh, so much so, so great. So much so that it's kind of funny. A little bit. Like, like it's just a, like... <laughs> so there's a scene where the three of the girls are walking and uh, don't you know speed kills? And then he, you know, he slams on the brakes. Yeah. And then uh, he then he eventually drives away. Excellent driver. And then as they're yeah, for someone who never learned how to drive, aces. He's doing yeah. real good. He's been he's been in the hospital since he was six years old. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, he. Uh, oh, and then uh, they're, they're still walking home, and then um, they see him. Just standing kind of half out of the, the shrubbery. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's my favorite. I, that was my favorite one. I laugh every time. Because um, he's just standing there awkwardly. Amy had balls, just walked up. And oh, like, she was great. She's awesome. I, yeah. I, I was really upset when she got killed. Oh, and, and also her, this, here, okay, I, I shouldn't be doing this. Um, we got to get this stuff. But um, the only thing that I roll my eyes out and have to like literally laugh at is her death scene. She's oh, in the car. She's terribly, and it's the setup is great. She gets in the in the car because she's got to go do whatever, and um, she's just wearing her shirt and underwear, I think, and uh, like a, a a blanket. Yeah, and uh, and she's singing a song, and uh, she gets in the car, which is in the garage, and then she goes to turn the car on, but she sees that the inside of the car is fogged up. Yeah. So the yeah, and she goes, and she, which I think was a great setup. That's awesome to build tension, but then. He strikes from behind and strangles her in the face that she makes. She crosses her eyes and makes the dumbest death face I've ever seen in a movie. I, I was, That's the only dark stain on an otherwise perfect film. I, uh, her death scene specifically kind of bugged me too, and it wasn't for that reason. Mm-hmm. It was the... Uh, so, uh, backing up one step, door was locked, had to go get the keys, came back, opened it up really fast, didn't use the keys. So that was another like little oh, shit. little piece of like uh, even even creepier that like oh, I didn't even I've never reason, noticed that the reason why she went in the house wasn't a reason anymore and she was just so distracted singing her stupid song yeah um, while he was choking, oh wait a minute no she needed the keys to drive the car not to get into the car but still it was locked and then it was no longer locked oh was it locked oh, okay yeah. okay I thought it was just her remembering but then again that makes me think how did the fuck did he unlock the door either way it was unlocked <laughs> when she came back and he was in the car but when he was strangling her. She was screaming the whole time. And you and can't do that because you're being whole, fucking strangled. The whole time <laughs> I was thinking like, she should, like either we'll hear a snap or yeah. she should stop screaming so we know the life's getting choked out of her, but it never did. Nah. And then she just hit the horn and made her yeah. cross-eyed face. Ugh. Damn it, yeah. now it's even worse. Yeah. You made it worse. <laughs> you're welcome. No, I did notice the screaming thing because I was yeah. like, you, you're breathing. Yeah. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> I can hear it. Um, anyway, so I've gone, uh, I skipped two and three, and mm-hmm. I've watched four, five, God help me, six, yeah. uh, and I'm on H2O right now. Oh, yeah. Well, um, Which is, I still think, holds up. Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun movie. Yeah. If it, like, I think LL Cool J is silly in it, but it yeah, was a fun yeah, movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so that was the one, that was one mm-hmm, thing I watched. Mm-hmm. The other thing was the new Doctor Who, which oh, I would snap, say you son. should start. I will. It's a wonderful restart, and it was an awesome episode. Huh. The I think Lady Br- Doctor. Brandon, who comes into the shop and has been trying to get me to watch Doctor Who, and he's kind of mad at me for waiting for the female Doctor Who, because he's like, just watch all the Doctor Who. It's all good. Um, he, I think he messaged me to say that it's free on the BBC app right now, yeah. the first episode. Yeah, um, it's, it was, it's absolutely wonderful. Um, I, that's actually a pet peeve of mine with some fans. Like you have to start at every beginning. Right. It's like, just fucking jump in. Yeah. Just let me, if you like it enough, you'll go backwards. Mm -hmm. Like 
it's a perfect little like wonderful jumping on point and you don't need to know anything about the character even though you already do it's awesome mm -hmm. and the last thing that i watched my girlfriend and i decided to take advantage of uh the dc universe app that i have been upset with almost the entire time of purchasing it yep. and watch the first episode of titans nice their, their first original program so I also watched it yeah. yesterday here in the shop with Leonard, uh, my co-host, my yeah co-host on um, Gutter Talk. Gutter Talk, and we talked about it. We gutter talked about it um, on that show in the gutter. Well. In the gutter, we got down into the gutter uh -huh. where apparently Dick Grayson hangs out, screaming "fuck Batman," murder, murdering, Grayson. yeah, fucking murdering people. Uh, so yeah, if you want to hear my full review with len go listen to the recent gutter talk which i will hopefully post soon um but it is fine uh, what we came to was our favorite parts were the starfire stuff yeah she she was the best actress it was filmed in the daytime mm -hmm. not on a set it was actually filmed in a location that is not a set yeah it felt like uh so i don't i i know cory coriander yeah i know cory's um, Starfire's origin, straight up alien, but it seems as though they're going someplace completely different, which I, mm. I like that. Like she inhabited someone's body. Yeah, this is this is a terrible person, yeah. and something is inside of her now, and figuring out what that is. Yeah, whether she knows who she is inside of there, or mm. it's just like I don't know. But uh, this Tamarin is now inside the body of whoever the hell. Yeah. Corey Anders is. Corey Anders. That was cute. Except yeah. that she is uh, an awful lady. She was a, she's Not a, great. Yeah, she's yeah. a murderous awful lady. Yeah, yeah, but I like her. No, I like her a lot too. I think she's the best part of the show so and, far. And I was straight up giddy seeing the, the closing shot of Beast Boy. Okay, so here's the well. thing. I thought here's it was the thing. cute. Uh, if you're going to go break into a store to steal a video game, is Giant Green Tiger your best bet? Garth is not the... He's Garth, not a thinker. He's never been a thinker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like, I need to get in. Fast. Tiger. <laughs> yeah. All right. Garth is a dummy. I was thinking like a bird of some sort, like an eagle. Um, I didn't love anything else, really. Like, Yeah. It, when I have no qualms with like graphic storytelling or just... Oh, no, no. Language. Where it's appropriate, violent. sure. I'm into it. If I have to question why... Yeah. It doesn't feel right, mm -hmm. so I don't want it there. And do I need Robin um, stabbing people in the neck with a gun muzzle and shooting them? No. Not unless it's Jason Todd. Like if Apparently this, if, he's going to show up on the show. Well, yeah, but if this was literally the beginning of it, and they were like, this is Jason Todd, he's, a, he's Robin. I'd be like, okay, I'd have no I, problems with so this. So I didn't have a problem with Fuck Batman. Yeah. Because in the con so in the trailer forever ago we saw him like do the where's the bat and he responds with fuck yeah. Batman. In the context of the show, after he takes out all the bad guys, he says it to himself. Yeah, that, fuck Batman. Yeah, he says it to himself as like a response as to why he was so brutal, not to other people. Oh, so in wait context, a it made sense. Wait a minute. What? That just solved my pro my biggest problem with this. Okay, so my biggest problem with this was that. Jason, I'm sorry, <laughs> see, Dick Grayson, Dick Todd. he has the conversation with the um, other um, cop, cop, the woman cop, and I don't know who she I is, don't know she's her, I don't know somebody. if she's supposed to be somebody, yeah. um, and he's like, oh yeah, my old partner like solved everything with his fists, and he was a hero to some, and blah, 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 but I had to get out of there because I saw that I was becoming too much like him, and so that read false to me, or sounded false to me, because he literally just... Stabbed a bunch of people in the in the in the neck, um, and and murdered some folks. But now he's like, I didn't want to become him. It's like, but you were just doing that without him there. So uh, that was my problem with it. But it sounds like the way you took it, and the way I'm going to choose to take it now, <laughs> because I like to forgive things, <laughs> is um, that he's blaming his violence, his violent reaction to those criminals, and his over zealous brutality mm -hmm. on the fact that he was hanging out with Batman too long and he just slipped back into that old pattern instead of being the new well, person he wants to be. Yeah, and then like his his whole like um debating it with the suitcase for like three scenes worth yeah. before he put the, the costume on. Yeah. Tracks with that. Oh. Wanting to go to a completely different city to work on this side of the law. And be and just be a cop. To just help children 
but now he's getting sucked back in. Seems that way. God damn it. All right, I'm starting to like it better. And like, I, I didn't mind a lot of it. It's just, it was... I mean, it was, it was still... a rough start. It was still 1990s The Crow. Oh, uh, you know what? As soon as they played the the opening music and the title treatment, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's fucking awful. Yeah. It was like a shitty guitar rip. Like a 1990s movie. And... Um, somebody with After Effects on their Apple computer and no budget just did like the words Titans with a with images of them behind it. Yeah, it looked really fucking cheesy, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, if this is the production value, like we're in an era now where the small details actually do matter, and mm-hmm. it does set the tone for what you're about to watch. Like even the worst Netflix show has a great title treatment. Yeah." And you just kind of like fall into it, and then you get this awful guitar riff, and it's yeah. like, oh shit, what am I in for? Yeah, like details. it's just like masculinity. Yeah, yeah, no, it's exactly it's all, what it is. Yeah. I you need to find the clip of the of just the titles and like <laughs> yeah, stop yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> just stop it. All right, let's get into some comic books. Uh, let's start with let's start with Spider Geddon. Spider-Geddon yeah. number one by Christos Gage and Jorge Molina, or George, I'm not sure, I keep fucking that up. I was a big, big, big fan of Dan Slott's events. Mm-hmm. I liked Spider-Verse. Every, every other event. Every other event, it's yeah. true. I wasn't big in the Spider-Island, I thought it was cute. But Spider-Verse I thought was great, and all of the superior Spider-Man stuff was the dopest shit. Um, end, of the, end of the World was one, right? Or Till the Ends of the World? Something or like that, yeah. The that Space was... One? The space one, the island one. I don't even remember that the one. The verse one. Yeah. I mean, I remember I liked his costume. And apparently he had intended on doing the sequel, mm-hmm. but couldn't fit it in amongst all the other things that he had planned. So uh, Christos Gage picked up the reins on that, and now we have Spider-Geddon, the sequel. This is a direct sequel to Spider-Verse. Now, I'm going to admit I'm a little disappointed because when Spider-Geddon was revealed, it's coming, no idea what it was, mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be just another spider-centric threat, right? I thought it was going to be something new. I didn't realize it was a sequel. I thought it was going to be a new, all-encompassing Spider-Verse story. Do you know what I mean? And so when I found out it was just the... Sequel to the Spider... Well, the the guys coming back. The the, What are they called? The Inheritors. The Inheritors. I almost said Inhibitors, but yeah. The Inheritors. (laughs) They have no inhibitions. Like, oh, they They just... They are the Inheritors. It's them again. So that was a little disappointing. It felt a little bit been there, done that. And I haven't really seen anything brand new in this first issue to make me go, oh, shit, son, they really turned it up to 11. So they were my least favorite part of the first one. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, I find, like, they're, so on paper, they are a race of life force vampires yeah. who specifically feed on totems. animal totems mm-hmm. in all, in multiple different universes. The most potent of which is spider totems. So they go from universe to universe and suck dry the spider totem of that universe. Yeah. So all of, and by spider totem, I mean just like whatever spider man or spider person is a part of that universe Mm -hmm. or dimension. So the remaining ones get together and go to the world of the inheritors, which is Loom World. Well, that's where they were. uh, Loom World was, I think the base that the Spider-Verse so, characters were, like, keeping an eye on. Because what they had done... That's where the Inheritors are from. Oh, that's where they're from, yes. Yeah, it's like but Universe they, Zero. But they had um, abandoned them to... Um, or exiled them to a planet, a universe that was covered in radiation that was making them oh, too weak. Oh, that's right. So they, yeah, so, so they, they weren't at Loom but... World. They were at another universe that well, was... Well, they were. I'm telling you, yeah, but, like, the, the leftover... Those that had their, their world destroyed, yeah. a couple of random Spider-Men are now on Loom World, and since this whole time have been dismantling it. Yes. Um, I'm already tired explaining this. And uh, they Well, let me pick it up. Please. Uh, <laughs> pick up that baton from you. So the Inheritors were... Wake up! Ah! The Inheritors uh, were able to be undefeatable in the first one because we found out that they had a whole clone factory. Yes. Uh, so much so that they... When they died their consciousness in a millisecond went into a new clone body and they were able to just like jump back up which is pretty cool it's it's solid well it, it also it demystified their abilities yes yes they like, weren't just they unkillable. were yeah, yeah they were just crazy unkillable it's just the fact that they had this technology so and the reason that we're starting up again is because doc ock saw that technology and was able to recreate it on our earth the 616 universe mm-hmm. to become the superior octopus and he's just of the mind that 
if I die, I'll just make myself a new clone body because I'm using the same technology that the inheritors were using. And because of that, this enables the inheritors to actually commandeer those clone machines mm -hmm. and uh, reappear. And kill off, spoiler alert, we've killed off Spider-Man Noir, Noir and uh, Spider-UK. Spider Spider-UK, that's his He name. was so cool. I like the way he was ridiculous. He was great in the first one. I actually yeah. really liked him. Spider-Man yeah. Noir, you can get rid of him. It's fine. Oh yeah, who gives a fuck? Yeah. I don't even. I don't remember his character. Like even, I read that. I read that original miniseries, and I don't remember it. Yeah, I don't care. Um, no. Uh, yeah, it was. It's all Spider. It's all Superior Octopus's fault. Yep. Which is which awesome. is nice. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of that. I don't know who the hero of this is. Well, I was talking with somebody. Which is and fine. It looks like the idea is to make it Miles. Miles is the hero? Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I'm getting the feeling that it's going to be a, uh, like an anti-hero thing with Octopus. Octopus and Miles or just Octopus? Well, like Miles is like maybe like a moral center and, and pretty much the, the lead though being Superior Octopus. Do you have a favorite spider? Spider pig. I really spider like Spider-Woman. May, May Day Parker. Oh yeah, she's pretty awesome. Earth 982. Uh, I really did like that run back. Was that that wasn't Chuck Dixon? Who was that? But anyway, I really loved it. it had a really um, throwback feel to the nineteen sixties Peter Parker Spider Man stuff from mm -hmm. way back in Amazing, and he really recaptured that, but with Spider Man's daughter Mayday Parker. I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I don't know if I have a favorite. That's a really good question. Like, they're all slightly cannon fodder. Miles is is like a cop out answer because he's amazing. Um, I really like Spider UK. He's I want to miles say, above. The I other... want to say Spider Ham, but that's like a that's like a joke answer because yeah. he's never the 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 Hero. narrative thrust. Yeah, I don't know. I I do find I find Octopus as interesting as I found Superior Spider Man. Like, mm -hmm. um, I hate him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But. But he's fun to read. I, yeah, I keep. He's such I a dickhead. Keep enjoying him. Yeah. yeah. So and and that like dickishness was, despite that, he still kind of got shit done, and it was enjoyable to read. I'll tell you, I don't like the name Superior Octopus. No, I want it I want them to does get rid not, of together. Does just, not roll off the tongue. Just octopus. I feel like they could just octopus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I'm st I'm a Spider Man guy, so I'm going to read this. But I have to say that I'm not as hyped for this as I was the original Spider-Verse. That's fair. Kudos to this for just, like, pushing it through. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I guess. Like, what? Well, no, like, this Way was... to exist, comic book. <laughs> yeah, way to... You know, like, you, you have a North Star and you keep going. Yeah, you know, you there know what? 70... You're on the shelf. Good job. This was a sequel I didn't want. There were 75 uh, prelude issues that... Jesus Christ. I reluctantly read. Yeah. And I didn't hate this. I skipped most of... But it's not of... for me. I read the first Edge of Spider-Geddon. I think I read all four of them. And I stopped. And then I read Superior Octopus, and now I did read that. Yeah. Zero, and then Number One. Yeah, so that's like 17 issues. We're just... Now. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't count so good. But all right. I mean, it's more like... More what than... Number One be. indicates the start of a story. I yeah, should yeah. not have to read a novel. Or, yep. I hate when people come in and they're like, oh, hey, can you put me down for Spider-Geddon? Spider and I go, Sure. So, do you want the? You know, what I mean, it's probably worse. Uh, what, what's like the in recent history or recent memory? What's the worst version of that where it's just like, "Hey, I really want to get in on this medal." Okay, all right. So. Well, <laughs> calm down there, chief. Let's start two years ago. Yeah, that's probably metal. Yeah, is it? Although this is pretty egregious. <laughs> is that the right word? All right, I'm going to keep reading because I'm a sucker for spiders. Um, it was fun. Uh, I don't give it a thumbs down at all. It's just I don't know if it's for me. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. It's for me, for sure. <laughs> uh, so I was going to do What If Punish What If Peter Parker Became the Punisher. Uh, I didn't read um, I will talk about it very briefly. Do it. Um, it's whatever. All right. Is it so what if? It's what if. No, it's whatever. You dummy. Whatever. You dummy. I'll tell you the best part is this cover. Murder Spider. So it's what if the Peter Parker became the Punisher uh, by Carl Potts and Juan and Ramirez. And it was cute. It was a little uh, inner thing. monologue heavy. Oh, like, it's old, like old school 70s? They know yeah. they're doing it? or No. Oh. It's just not. It's The writing is so in Peter's head, telling us everything that's happening and everything that did happen, that I'd, 
I feel like there's a way to tell this story and bring the reader along with the character, but it's just a lot of black and white. Um, oh, that is a lot of caption caption boxes. So I love the costume. Um, well, that is pretty cool. But also his name, they keep calling him the Spider Punisher, which is fucking terrible. Um, so he punishes spiders. Yeah, he just, he just spanks, puts puts spiders over his knee and just spanks them. So, yeah, I mean, it was cute. Uh, it is a throwback to old what-if stories, but this one didn't have... You know, man, when I was a kid reading those what-ifs, some of those had a really lasting emotional effect on me. Yeah, because they were, like, fucked up. Yeah, they felt almost like Tales from the Crypt versions of yeah, yeah. these stories, which I always really liked. They're almost like horror stories. Um, and this is like that. I just wish that the um, storytelling was a little bit more concise. You know what I mean? So, anyway... It was it was fine. It was fine to read a what if after all these years of not having them. But Spunisher. This I was I thought that too. Yeah, I did that too, and I'm like that doesn't he work. Spun, he spins. Oh, Because he spuns a web. Spuns any size. <laughs> Superman number four. Did you read that one? It is the fourth issue of Superman, and I enjoyed the shit out of it. It's so good. <clears throat> is I'm there anything really left to say about this series? Just read it. Just yeah. Fucking I, I read mean, it. There's. There is no subpar Superman book coming out of DC right now. Um, wait, what? There's no subpar book coming out of DC? Superman book. Oh, coming. Superman. Oh, I'm Superman. sorry. I'm did sorry. Oh, maybe you did. I was thinking. Uh, oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, I'm sorry. We're looking at the art by... Oh, so by the way, this is by Brian Michael Vendis and Ivan Rice. And goddamn, it's a good-looking book. And it sounds so that. good. I love this too. And, um... Nope. I'm sorry, we're in my store, and it's 10.19 p.m., and I closed at 8 p.m., but someone saw us recording something and decided to bang on the door and ask us if we had a lighter, Yeah, we, we don't. There's a bar across the there's street. There's literally a bar right across the street. So there's a guy out front just juggling lighters. <laughs> uh, so this book is awesome. I'm really into it. I love that I'm reading a Superman book and thoroughly enjoying it. And I tell you what, I didn't care about Rogel Czar at first, but the longer we spend with him, the more I'm starting to dig him. He's like a um a smart doomsday. doomsday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just keeps fighting, and and Supes is having a real hard time. And I like I like the turn that they took with um. Well, it looks at least they're they're like setting up a turn with uh, this other cat from Krypton. I forgot his name. Uh, the destroyer of Krypton's moon that was in the um negative zone. Jack. Oh, Jaxor. Yeah. <clears throat> Who? I don't, honestly, I don't remember him. I don't either, but it the the way that they crafted this issue, uh, the conversation that the the flashback conversation that Clark has with Jonathan, his son, is so good. <clears throat> it's spectacular, but the lesson at the very end of it dovetails perfectly into this very quick conversation that Cal has with this um, Jack Zor. Jack Zor, who is right now helping Rogelzar. Yeah, and if like it, it just it it isn't so blatant that it slams you over the head with mm -hmm. a moral or mm -hmm. give hope because uh, someday someone will surprise you. But it, he does this really great thing where he just takes the two moments and like massages them next to each other instead of smacks you on the face with them. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just so well done. Yeah. And I, I like that he takes this Jack Soar away from the fight and he literally just tries to speak um, common sense to him. Yeah. Like, Hey, you want, you wanted Kryptonian to survive, right? But now you're fighting a Kryptonian against a guy who wants to kill all the Kryptonians. What are you doing? Yeah. And then he just kind of flies away, and then that guy sort of just like grimaces yeah. like, "Dad, ah, jerk. Yeah, and, and he, uh, it's it's a way to play with the, with the character of Superman, too, how, like, mm -hmm. of a, a narrow, uh, just, he's an incredibly narrow character, but if you mm -hmm. do it right, you can bend everything around him. Mm -hmm. So, like, this um, Voxor guy just tells, Jaxor. like, Jaxor? Voxor. Rax, Rax, Raxum, Roxum. Yeah. Damn near uh, killed him. Nurse. <laughs> <laughs> he doing? calls him a liar and Superman's response is, yeah, except I don't do that. Yeah. And just flies yeah, away. Yeah. And he's just like, like well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's great. Um, also, <laughs> so I want to go back. Okay, we should talk about the conversation between Supes and his son uh, at a junkyard where John Kent, his son, is so frustrated and upset that I guess people are talking smack on them and like spreading yeah. rumors and things that aren't true. Uh, and there's a nice little recreation of John smashing a car in the same way that there was Superman smashing the car in the original action comics, mm -hmm. which I didn't even realize until we, we um, flipped back to it. 
And it's just a, a wonderful um, conversation, a lesson learned, and I miss that. Um, I feel like sometimes Superman writers can get a little too preachy, and it feels preachy, but this, for whatever reason, didn't feel preachy. It felt like just solid advice. All of the preachiness in... So, Superman's a Boy Scout, which means that he's he's not above lecturing. Yeah. And when they, you know, when a lot of writers do that, it just becomes um, white noise or pompous. Mm -hmm. Bendis is doing that. He's doing it, but he's doing it through character interactions as opposed to this monolith talking at you. Yeah. So instead of him give a rousing speech to the people that are about to help him, he literally is, they're showing a flashback of him having a saliently themed sea speech or or conversation Mm -hmm. with his wife or with a friend or mm-hmm. with Batman or with John, like he's doing it. He's juxtaposing moments as opposed to, to show like the, the purity of this character as opposed yeah. to just like having this perfect thing speak at you. Yeah. Which is not it's very conversational. Grounded. Yeah. It's awesome. It's great. I also this, love this that. He says, uh, you must know I want to pop Batman's head off of his body every day. I'm alive, <laughs> which is one of the greatest sentences I've ever seen Superman speak. Um, he said and something I, about and I could stop him. Pop his head right off, <laughs> Dad. <laughs> uh, uh, Jonathan says something along the lines of, "Does that mean you want to like twist Mom's heads off?" Oh yeah, that was weird, right? So you you like Batman the same way you like Mom? And he was like, "What?" It's probably just that they bicker. Yeah, just the fact that like sometimes I love her, but sometimes I want to pop her head off, which sounds <laughs> a little a little bit more brutal. What you saying <laughs> about his wife? Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I could. Um, and this then book is awesome. I also really like the, uh, they've got a plan to get the earth out of the phantom zone mm-hmm. and back into the regular zone, <laughs> the auto zone the world. And, um, <laughs> he says, get in the zone, auto zone. Phantom zone. Uh, he's, oh, I called it the negative zone earlier. Uh, my, my wires are crossed. That's okay. So, um, basically we've got the justice league. Oh my god, I forgot um, everything. I like so much about this book. I'm going to try and make it brief. So the Flash is running around doing stuff. And as he's running around doing stuff all over the world, he goes, Oh, hey, Wonder Woman. Hey, guys, I just saw Wonder Woman. Flash, stay focused. And then Martian Manhunter is coordinating everybody, you know, through telepathy. And Superman, do you need me to talk you through the plan? Because it's um, the Adam's plan. Yeah, yeah. And Superman goes, Does it involve shrinking the entire Earth and using the Phantom Zone projector to get it out of here and then reconstituting it all on the other side? It does. Then no, just do it. It's just, it's so poppy. It's so fun. Uh, it's very snappy dialogue. Well, Superman's just as intelligent. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. God damn it. And for Mark underscore L underscore Miller, we'll be happy to hear that yet again, there's not a single scene of anyone sitting around eating pizza. Because he hated that about the Avengers. Did they eat pizza? Brian Michael Bendis is. He was just like, how many scenes are we going to have of like the Avengers sitting around the boardroom eating? Which... To be fair, happened a couple times, so he's not wrong. In in 120 issues. Yeah, yeah, still, let him have it. Also, so. too, <laughs> uh, uh, Justice League, eight, I think it was, half the half the issue was in the cafeteria at the Hall of Justice. Oh, you're right. So shush your face. <laughs> shush your face. Shush your face. All right, so we did that, we did that, uh, we did that. Oh, murder we, Falcon. Fucking murder Falcon, come on. Uh, so this is from Skybound Image. And it's by Daniel Warren Johnson. He's the creator, artist, writer, and letterer of Mike Spicer on Colors. Uh, Mike Spicer is great, by the way. Um, he, uh, I'm friends with um, Christian Dabari. He does the Cannibal Horror Cast with us whenever mm-hmm. we do one. And uh, Mike Spicer colors all of his stuff, and it's gorgeous. Um, so he brings that to bear here. And I didn't know what this was going to be. I saw it come in, and I went, oh, it sounds like a neat idea. And then I flipped through the book, and I saw the monsters – and the murder falcon, and all the heavy metal. That's right, he only murders uh, monsters. It's God fine. damn it. This was so much fun. All right, so, well, one, on one on, on surface level, this is fun as shit, really weird and wonky. Mm-hmm. Character design is fantastic. The uh, panel uh, progression is just to die for. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's wild. It's fun. It's stupid. On the next level, it reminded me way too much of I Kill Giants. Oh, yes! In a good yes, way. Yes, me too! In a too. really, really good way. I was sitting here with bated breath going, is he going to say I Kill Giants? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, because I, it's I, got a sub-level of an emotional core yeah. that I was, I was completely unexpected. Yeah. 
Yeah. When they first introduce it, uh, which is in like the third page, mm-hmm. it's like, all right, cool. It's, you know, there's a history. We're going to find out about why he doesn't play guitar yeah. anymore. But then they lay it in a couple times and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh. But, but before you like really settle in that self-pity, Murder Falcon shows back up. So it's like they, they keep balancing this like incredibly bizarre, fantastical elements mm-hmm. with um, really relatable, crazy sad stuff and it just was it's just awesome this is just awesome yeah uh 100% um this feels like uh what was the other one this is a better version of what was his name like bare chested bear fighter or something or something bear fighter shirtless bear fighter shirtless bear fighter yeah, yeah. i was thinking grizzly shark and oh my god bear. i love grizzly, grizzly shark. shark yeah that's amazing um, so yeah. Oh, quick little nugget. Um, I'm going to bring something up on my computer. If you have anything else to say about this. Uh, the monster design is great. It's gross, but like terrestrial. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea, I guess, is that these celestial creatures, uh, good and bad, um, have music or noises kind of attached to them that power them uh-huh so like he manifest like murder falcon manifests himself but it's only he chooses a um a musician to kind of like play him to battle play mm-hmm. him through battle he chose this jake guy and the level at which jake shreds is how strong murder falcon is in said fight so it's like they don't individ like individually they don't need each other but together they use each other. Like it's, it's just so weird. Yeah, I loved the scene at the end. They're sitting on the top of the van, and they're listening singing. to music, singing. And then the scene is cut with. Uh, they pan out, and there's a giant crab monster sitting in the lake, uh, in the far distance. It's like to which uh, four houses says, tall. It's yeah. gigantic. He's like, uh, has that thing been there the whole time? Yeah, he's just sitting there. Just hasn't moved. And then they get it. This is the part in the, the story where, like, it, it raises the stakes, though, because they have a throwaway line about how the monsters themselves are being more brazen and mm-hmm. coming faster. So there's this, like, bigger story on, like, the verge of being told, but it all still could be in his head for all I fucking know. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's fun. This is fun as hell. Oh, I absolutely. Like and so while they're sitting on that van and they're talking to each other, just having a brewski. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're singing lyrics together because like, something's playing on the radio in the van. And I, I looked up the lyrics and I was like, is that a fake rock metal song or is that a real metal song? It's a real metal song. What is it? It's Living the Hard Way by Racer X. We're going we're gonna to let it play for a minute. Right? <laughs> oh, this makes me so happy. <laughs> We're making big mouth faces just like yeah. banging our heads back and forth. Uh, 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 uh. Here it comes. Ah! Oh my god! So those are the ser- the lyrics that they're singing. Oh god, I love that it's like so earnest. It's right. <laughs> well, so at the end of this, there's a note. Uh, it just says notes, and it's from Daniel Warren Johnson, and he gets real a little bit. And he said, "Have you ever hap- has you ever have something bad happen so bad that it makes you nervous to take chances to have experiences? Uh, that's what happened to Jake, and it's what happened to me, and I'm guessing it's probably happened to you." Uh, a friend that I admire and respect greatly told me once that everyone is either in a storm currently or will be in one someday. It's inevitable. Pardon my language, but shit really does happen all the time and we are powerless to stop it. Powerless, but not silent. I've been playing guitar since I was 11 years old. It's a part of me. And whenever I felt a storm coming, I would play my guitar for hours and hours. I was going through a storm when I was drawing extremity. There was a lot of pain and many long nights. It made me want to give up to stop trying 
It was hard to be brave, to hold my head up, and still enjoy what life had to offer, but there was always my guitar. And he goes on. And I love how earnest this is about dealing with problems in your life and, and uh, obstacles that you have to overcome. And it's not always some cute, oh, you can overcome any obstacle kind of thing. It's like sometimes it really fucking beats you down. Mm-hmm. And you have to find that one thing in your life that really gives you the energy to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And I think we've all been there. And I think that this is a really fun and energetic way to convey that to people. Well, it's, it's a representation of that journey, no matter how weird and crazy it is. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's a really fun book. And, and is this a ser- uh, limited, ongoing? I'm not is- sure, but I'm going to read it until it stops. I want, I, I, I hate the idea, or I hate it when something new and kind of um, uh, high concept comes out and you can almost tell or smell that it's, it's just to sell Not a property. Long. Oh yes. Oh um, yes. I see what you mean. With that in mind, like, and, and I, I hate that, like, you know, pretty much like half of, of Mark Miller stuff. Uh huh. Um, no matter how funny. You know what people want to see? Yeah. Batman, but bad. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No- it's not always bad. It's not even. It's, sometimes it's really good. But no, you no, just no, no. Batman, that, but evil. No, no. I know. I'm, oh no, I like Nemesis. Mark Miller. Yeah, but I'm talking about like the story itself. Even if it's great, you yeah. still have that kind of like weird feeling of like, this is just like for merchandising or to yeah. sell uh, a concept. Yeah. Um. I, with that said, I would watch a movie, a series, uh, a fucking cartoon, a live action, a video mm-hmm. game of this concept in this spirit. Could you? Oh tomorrow. man! Could you imagine a video game? Yeah, of just, like um, uh, like guitar hero, guitar and hero, then, and then and then also scrollers. a fighting game. Yeah. God damn it! Make this happen. I'm into it. So I don't know if you could tell. This was my favorite book of the week. Uh, yeah, it was really close. I'm getting pumped. <laughs> um, so I, I, growing up, I was always into either hip hop or punk rock. Very rarely did I delve into the metal scene, right? Um, there was a little bit there where I hung out with a bunch of metal kids and we were in a band together and I had the shredded jeans and all that stuff and I looked like a complete idiot because I was clearly just doing something I wasn't, that wasn't for me. Mm. Um, but it was a lot of fun. And, uh, lately though, I've been dipping back in, in, in a little bit. And, uh, the thing that this reminds me of this band racer X, this whole vibe <clears throat> reminds me of the Transformers soundtrack. Yeah. Right. Like it's not White just me. Lion and, yeah. and, you got yeah, the touch. There's an earnestness, and uh, so I'm not. I'm nowhere near an aficionado of, of any of, of like all genres of music. But there's there's a certain like level of metal that is altruistic and and feel good. Like the lyrics themselves are like feel good and amazingness, and yeah. and you could do it. You're so great. Yeah, yeah. and um. <laughs> recently or more recently it's always been like he's not new but like stuff like andrew wk where it's just like power pop metal is that what that is i never really listened to him other than like party hard or whatever that's well like and that just kind of like that just like folds out into you're the best you (laughs) it's just like really weird uh you're not alone and like it's all like feel good positive that's uh, amazing but it's but it's so like rough and and well, that's the Pushy. stuff, you know, in the the punk that I listen to is generally, e- either it's anti-establishment, which is fine, mm-hmm. but then there's also what I call unity punk. And it's a bunch of, like, we're in this together, we're going to the show, uh, we're going to have a good time, and, you know, Rancid's a lot like that, like, when I fall, my friends are going to pick me up, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, like a Bouncing souls. Hit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, that's sort of, even though it has a, a sort of a, a edgy hue to it. It does have a positive message. Anyway, if you guys, uh, if, I don't know if anyone listening to this show likes metal, uh, please email me some recommendations uh, that yeah. would go along with this book, Murder Falcon. Yeah, soundtrack Murder Falcon for us. Yeah, because I want to listen to that. I'll make a playlist. Um, there's anything else before we jet? Uh, let's, let's go back to our library. Like, what are, I did read a couple of other things. Let's just get like really quickies. Infinite oh. Dark. Did you, okay. Did you read this or not? I didn't. Uh, so Infinite Dark is by writer Ryan Cady and uh, Andrea Moody. Uh, this is a very creepy um, science fiction story of the last colony of humans, about oh. 2,000 of them. This, the whole opening sequence made the entire book. So it's, it's a weird murder mystery that may have some sort of 
supernatural elements towards the end of it, but I know that's so weird. <laughs> um, <Heat> death. <laughs> oh no, heat death. I'm sorry, I'm looking at a panel and laughing. No, it's tee hee hee. heat death. Tee hee hee. Um the the whole opening of this book is incredibly creepy because it's it's they built this giant colony for fifteen thousand people um, in zero zero gravity in space far enough away from what they knew was going to collapse the whole solar system was going to collapse but they didn't do it fast enough so the 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 uh, the space station is done all of the colony's ships are trying to get there in time and. The space station has the point of view of just watching them all fail, explode, get caught oh. up. So it's it's this weird thing of all of like two thousand engineers and colonists are literally out the window of their minivan slash space station, yeah. um, <laughs> watching the entirety of humanity burn up. Oh my god! Some of them, some of them are taken by the wave. Some of them um, crash in out of like you know incompetence or, yeah, or yeah. start to like lose control. Some of them punch it so hard to try and beat the wave that they end up overheating and exploding. Ugh. Like, they watch Civilization die. Everybody, all of them. Every one of them. Like, there's this shot of her turning her back, like our main character who's, uh, I think, head of security or something like that, yeah. turning her back on just the view of it, and behind her is all of these explosions in space. Oh, my God. It is a very effective scene. It's really, Very really cool. cinematic. This is this yeah. is great. Super, super cool setup. Um, and by cool, I mean awful. Yeah. Uh, but then what? It becomes a kind of like six months or so later type of story where they all have something is somebody uh, goes rogue Ah. and the council goes rogue, uh, kidnaps another person and disappears to the dark zone, the phantom zone, the The dark dark sector, sector. which is the other half. So like this, this, this whole colony was built to house 15,000, 20,000 people. Mm -hmm. Only 2,000 are on it. So they turned the power off for most of it uninhabited to to keep the rest of it like going. So in this dark sector, which is like a no man's land in the middle of this giant uh, colony, Mm -hmm. um, somebody ran off with a, with a captor craziness about how you'll see the truth. You'll see the truth Mm -hmm. uh, escapes. And then she has this weird vision at the very end of the book and it looks supernatural. Mm -hmm. So it might be supernatural. It might be like in the brain. I don't know, but it's, it's an incredibly great setup. Like, there's even these weird glyphs on the wall. Oh, yeah. It's an incredibly great setup. I have no idea where it's going to go. It could fizzle out, but either way, the concept was totally there to hook me for a first issue. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, you see, it's like this weird closet door looking thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I can't exactly read what's happening here. But, yeah, um, maybe if I actually read the book. Um, awesome. So, would yeah. you, are you going to read number two? I might, yeah. Okay. If I remember, like, what what su- sometimes sucks is these these uh, these stories kind of come and go, or they get lost in the shuffle. Because there's so much coming out. Uh, I just deleted something. No, you didn't. You're fine. Okay. Um. All right. So, we done? That it? I think so. All right. Was there anything else that these we are all, had oh, read These about? are all old. Going through old issues now. No. All right. Your face. Let's. Was there? I'm trying to think. Oh, real quick though, since it's October time, it's spoopy time. One other thing that I have been watching, Sushan and I watched all of it in a couple of days, was Haunting of Hill House. Poopy pants. On Netflix. Did you poop your pants? It's so goddamn good. Is it good? How many it's episodes? It's so good. Are... It's ten. Ten hours. It's ten episodes. Yes. Okay. Why it's did real it's good. A half hour no, you're right. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I was just thinking of your question. Yeah, no, it's 10 hours, um, and it's really good. If you're looking for something like a TV show to watch and you're kind of tired of American Horror Story, this is the one. Uh, absolutely watch um, The Haunting of Hill House. I had never seen the original, The Haunting, no, well, and it's based on a novel as well. So, Isn't there like eight things well, titled The Haunting? I always, like, what gr- is... Growing up, I always confused The Haunting of Hill House and The House on Haunted Hill, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because there were a couple of them that came out in the, I want to say, late 90s, early aughts. Early aughts. So it was like 13 Ghosts. Haunt, yeah. Uh, haunting of Hill House. Um, Ghost Ship. The Haunting. Yeah. Where um, Owen Wilson gets his head taken off by a chimney flume. Oh. Is that the one with um, uh, Kevin Zeta-Jones? Yeah, Liam Neeson, yeah. Kevin Zeta-Jones, and Owen Wilson. The bad CG. Owen Wilson is the only one that gets killed. Oh, really? And it's awful. Oh, wow. It was a terrible movie. Oh, but anyway, this is not that. This is great. What? Yeah, 
Sorry, I hit the, I hit the mic. Jan, Jan de Bont directed that. Oh, okay. The guy that did Speed. Oh, really? Oh, and okay. Twister. What a bummer. I remember not caring about that. And movie. Tomb Raider 2. I have a dearth of information that's completely useless. Yeah. I'm going to go to bed and cry. All right. Thank you so much yeah. for joining us. You can tweet at us at JD's Hero, or you can tweet at me at JD's Hero Complex. No, you could tweet at us there. I'm going to sit on his uh, Lap, Twitter and, um, feed. I'm just yeah. going to sit on it. Yeah. Uh, we'll take turns scrolling. <laughs> uh, you can email us at cultpopgo at gmail.com. Again, send us your Murder Falcon playlist if you got some uh, uh, good metal you want us to listen to. And uh, I guess that's it. Oh, you can go to my Patreon. It's Patreon slash Johnny Destructo. And you can tweet at Noel. Oh, at Mr. Bartocci. M-R-B-A-R-T-O-C-C-I. I should be more active on social media, but I'm not. Yeah. Maybe if you hit me up, I will be. Well, now Christopher Goodnight has someone else to tweet at. So he'll probably, yeah. he'll probably well, hit you Well, he up. hits me up on, on Facebook. Oh, does he? Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, all right, that's it. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will talk at you later. Bye! Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs>